When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. Betches Media presents... Chrissy Teigen referred to Donald Trump as a pussy-ass bitch. Look, he's a sick puppy. He, he, shouldn't, be, he shouldn't be there. Well, I lost half a day of skiing. I'm going to punch him out. I'm going to go to jail. I'm going to be happy. The Betches Sub Podcast. A speaker has not been elected. Hello, this is the Betches Sub Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. I'm Amanda Duberman, news director at Betches. I'm Elise Morales, a comedian and writer of the Betches Sup newsletter. And I'm Millie Tamaris, comedian and sup video contributor. Oof, the listeners don't know that we have recorded together podcasts every day this week, but I feel it. <laughs> We're back. Yeah. If you've got an a lot coming. of interesting appearances and guests, know that they were all recorded this week. Yes. <laughs> We work hard for our money. And if, and if you also, if you listen to morning announcements, apologies, you might be sick of my voice, perhaps Elise's, as we've been covering that. Um, so my voice might be a little, a little tired today, but fortunately, um, uh, we do have a guest joining for the last segment today to talk about what's going on at the women's world cup specifically, you know, the U S team seems to be, seems to be struggling. And, uh, I've seen a lot of talk about why that might be what's behind that. You know, it's, it's potentially some of the coaching, but also the other teams across the world are just getting better. So, uh, Claire from just women's sports is going to join us for the last segment of the show, uh, to talk through that. We will start very quickly with a number and then get to the main news. Today's number is 18. Because for 18 years, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau was married to his wife, Sophie. But the two have announced that they will legally separate. Hot single tall guy with that speaks French with Canadian citizenship? Watch out. <laughs> I do. It is going to be like, I don't know. When was the last time there was like a young single world Politician? leader out on the scene? Anthony Weiner? Oh no! <laughs> Would we call him a world leader? Oh no no no! You <laughs> said world. You said world. Oh my! Yeah, I guess you said world. <laughs> I did say world. Um, you know, interestingly, Justin Trudeau's dad also was prime minister and also got a divorce while in office. I don't think he was young. I think he was old, and his wife just like left him and the family and fucked off to New York City. Well, I've said I think on the podcast that my favorite niche conspiracy theory is that Justin Trudeau's real dad is Fidel Castro. Castro, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I believe the Trudeaus it. were like swingers and stuff. Anyway, as I've said many times, Google Justin Trudeau, Fidel Castro, and just tell me there's not a resemblance. There just is. Tell there me is. There's there not is. A resemblance. There, there really is absolutely is. a resemblance. There's a really great article in Jezebel about all of this 
Um, and there's some alleged rumors, but apparently Canada's libel law is a little stronger than the U.S.'s. So, yeah. <laughs> like, it was all uh, redacted, redacted, redacted in the redacted. You know wow, what I mean? Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, it is. Is has Dumas said anything? <laughs> has Dumas feel, said I feel anything? Like that's where the tea might be. Yeah, they don't care about <laughs> Justin Trudeau else. on with a, with a with a new flame at Via Corona. <laughs> oh my gosh! I have appreciated all the like Ariana Grande strikes <laughs> again like memes about. <laughs> Absolutely. I yeah, I'm like okay. Who would who would be a good? Should it be like a Canadian celebrity mm. or like anybody? Or is it like because Avril Lavigne and Wiz Khalifa broke up or no, sorry, um, Tyga. Uh-huh. Avril Lavigne and Tyga were dating and they broke up. So I'm just saying mm-hmm. if they want to keep Canadian royalty. There Avril you go, Aubrey. Justin. Avril. Well, yes. And if he wants to if he wants to spend some time with somebody who understands living under a conspiracy theory. She's, she's Avril the one as well. Yeah. Yes, because isn't there? There's one that she like died and she, was yeah. replaced with. That, like, and this uh, is like a, a different one. <laughs> we should do a whole episode on this next time the news is slow. Just like the, our favorite conspiracy theories. I really like the Avril Lavigne is dead one. Yeah, like apolitical ones where it's yeah. like they don't like. I mean, I guess Justin Trudeau. That's technically, but it's like <laughs> it doesn't have like a right left balance. It's just right. <laughs> chaos that justin trudeau's uh fidel castro's i mean there's some cold war politics going on in that justin trudeau is actually fidel castro's son um but also you know famously just as you promote that theory i will promote not a theory fact that fidel castro was very hot as as a young person Mm -hmm. and so is justin trudeau and something sticks it's sticking on the wall there's not that and you know what this pasta there are cooked. not that many hot guys, unfortunately. So in the world or when, in, um, the in world, politics, and certainly in politics. Good God, just yeah, just Joe don't... Manchin and Justin Trudeau. Joe Manchin, oh my God! Yeah. See, you bring it up just as much oh, as I, I do. I you bring up that you were sexually attracted to Joe Manchin. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Sorry, that he has charisma, or, or, or as the as the Gen Z says. The Riz. The Riz. That's exactly it. We can settle there. We can settle there. All right. We wish Justin, um, you know, a fruitful re-entry into single life. I am sure he will do perfectly fine. I also, I also like, after all the blackface stuff, like, I bet he's just like kind of, kind of a derp. Like, I don't really oh, know yes. if he has interesting things to to say. I know he's the prime minister of Canada, but I can see him being like, honestly, a little bit of a himbo. Yeah, well, years ago, actually, Las Culturistas did a show that was like a competitive I don't think so, honey. Ooh. And um, I did I don't think so, honey, Justin Trudeau. And that was basically my thing is that I think Love he's that. a little he's kind just of Ken. dork. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. he's has Kennergy. <laughs> yes, I didn't know Kennergy. at the time that that's what I was saying. But mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. I, I that was kind of the argument that I was making. Yeah. Let's get right into the main news now, which is, of course, Trump's latest indictment. It is finally here. This dropped on Tuesday. So by now, you know that the former president has finally been charged 967 days since January 6th of crimes related to his role in trying to change the outcome of the 2020 election. He will be arraigned later today, which is Thursday in Washington, D.C. I I was reading that like some people thought he might appear at this one virtually, uh, but that he's expected to be there in person. So today, today is 
the day, 967 days after we all watched in horror on that afternoon and didn't know what to do with ourselves. It's finally... <laughs> finally criminal charges. Yeah, I'm like, oh, now now Republicans want to work virtually? Fuck you. <laughs> Show up in person, bitch. <laughs> Something is really making me laugh about just the idea of seeing Trump on a Zoom. Like, totally. uh, like just like never seen that <laughs> him in a little the little box like that that like angry like face that he always has on is really making me laugh. I Do we think he's Zoom? No, I don't. That's frankly. so funny. Like, like, has he ever? Because I know Joe Biden was zooming. Zoom. No, never. During the 2020 election, they were like, Biden's in a basement. Like he was zooming. <laughs> but I feel like Trump was performatively not zooming. Right. Because he also didn't give a fuck about the S like the virus. So he was. Just no, out yeah, there. he was actively he had COVID at the debate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, you have COVID. Do you want to just do this on Zoom? Absolutely not. No. no. One of uh, so I saw the Who Weekly live, and one of my favorite bits was different articles in the AARP magazine, oh and one of them was how, four uh, like four steps to set up a new computer. <laughs> that is so and, sweet. And um, you, Trump is reading that. Mm -hmm. Like Trump is, and the, step one was turn it on. So. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm honestly having trouble imagining Trump using a computer. He definitely types with two pointer fingers, but very slowly. Yeah. Like he definitely like, uses his phone, obviously, but I'm trying to imagine him using a computer and I'm having a really hard time walking around with a laptop bag. Like he just doesn't like, do it. Like logging into his email. I'm just kind of struggling he imagining his passwords for anything while Nalta no. is is the one holding it all down well, and yeah. dance Gavino, his former there's something there about his former golf caddy also being his social media manager uh <laughs> it, i think it's similarly like just instead of a golf golf clubs it's a computer that he follows trump around and um, opens a beer yeah. for him if he needs. I've or heard whatever. enough about Hunter Biden's laptop. I want to know about Trump's Donald Trump's Donald relationship Trump's with his laptop. I feel yeah. like it's still in plastic. Like he has it. He technically has a laptop, but it's not like he is not. He is not using a computer. He is on his phone. I can't imagine. It. You know what? And this is all. This is this is all fucking making sense. Because that's why he was so appalled by Hillary Clinton's emails. Absolutely. Because he was like. What kind of sorcery is an electronic mail? <laughs> has certainly, yeah, absolutely, has no actual idea what the server means. He's like, she certainly just dropped off a letter on yeah. a Russian's it's desk. Like, it's like which, it's like witchcraft to him, where it's like, well, first of all, why is it? Why can't we see the letter? Why yeah. isn't it physically there? <laughs> I think yeah. it's more of the blasphemy of an electronic mail than it is mm -hmm. what, what server was he on spells, or whatever. He spells email with a dash in it capital yeah, e dash mail for sure well, and that's why he took the documents this is all making so much sense because he needs the physical documents he doesn't care about a usb so drive true. like he he's about the physical picture. yes he could have taken a picture of no, these documents he doesn't believe he thinks <gasps> he it's sorcery the physical boxes of printed out mm -hmm. papers wow. he mm -hmm. needs mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. very 
I think we're on to something. Has Donald, does Donald Trump have a personal computer? No. Maggie Haberman, drop what you're doing please and please, please, us. please investigate whether he has a PC, a Mac. <laughs> we, we need to know. We simply need to know. As far as these charges, no. they don't relate specifically to the violence on January 6th, but the actions Trump took to try to keep himself in power. So the buzzwords from the four counts are conspiracy, lots of conspiracies, conspiracy to defraud the United States and conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding and then some other charges that sound similar to that. These are very, very serious charges, and they come with sentences of 10 to 20 years in prison. The judge in the case is U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin. She is incredible. She has sentenced multiple January 6th rioters. She's known as, like, giving really harsh sentences. I even struggle to say the phrase really harsh because like, I mean, they fucking smeared shit on a government building. Right. And that's what she's saying. She's just like, like she's even asked for, you know, harsher sentences than the prosecutors offer. She's like, that's, that's not enough. Uh, and this was sort of like, not, not fully a roll of the dice. There are some not totally random who your judges. It depends on some other factors like who's around, but this CM is like kind of a a most gratifying case scenario in terms mm-hmm. of the of the judge selection. I saw a funny tweet yesterday that was like showed a picture of the dr- judge and somebody was like, "You know Trump's team is wrestling his phone away from him because he, she's also she's also a black woman, Jamaican American." Um, and so uh, I would not be surprised if he tries to target her, which can really only unlike when he was president and when he would target people, it would really only hurt those people. I feel like if he targets his judge and starts saying things about her, it's going to have real consequences for him. Yeah. She looks like she don't play, Uh, you know, so (laughs) that, yeah, he can't say anything about her because he'll, his ass will go to jail. Exactly. Yeah. And it's also funny for like to come full circle because wasn't like one of the first controversies, uh, was he president at the point where he said yeah. that shit about the judge who was Mexican American? I think so. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Do they even have like, can oh they even God. do that job? Yeah. That was like one of his original, ba- like one of the first bad things that he did mm-hmm. in, in his capacity as president. Oh. <laughs> Not in his life. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, no, yeah. definitely not in his life. And it's also like this is the this is why karma is so real, Taylor Swift. Um <laughs> Taylor Swift, you're onto something. Uh <laughs> but it's like of uh, he has gotten away with so much and said so much fucking bullshit. And like now in the this is the ultimate test of her strength of like here is a black woman with short hair doesn't matter to me no but like you know totally. donald trump is gonna say something about he wants to say something so bad and he can't because she will literally throw his ass in jail she's thrown his fucking supporters in jail for years and years for less mm-hmm. um so and he's the, he's the fucking main source so absolutely, it, I still have to sort of like remind myself that like we, we talked a little bit about um, indictment fatigue last week, but like, you know, the things that he was indicted for the previous two times, he absolutely deserved to be indicted. His supporters are still going to say things like, oh, well, you know, they don't go after everybody who pays hush money. How come Trump? This is unfair. Oh, everybody has classified documents. They're always <laughs> like being insincere when they say that. But nobody has done this. 
no, uh, maybe, maybe like in the, the Civil history. War, but like, I don't think so. This is not anything you can ever compare. Like, oh, they didn't do this when JFK did it. They, no, nobody has done <laughs> anything, even the fuck close to this short of, you know, like the, the treason in the Civil War. They didn't but even like, do that in Civil War. But they, yeah, not but they degree, didn't even no. storm the Capitol in the Civil War. Is That's the fucking thing. They did. There was yeah, a war and the they Capitol. didn't. They, even though there was a war that confe- like they didn't fucking do that that's yeah what i will why say for so the egregious. confederacy is that they they seceded with their whole chest they said it they put it down on paper they said we're leaving <laughs> like uh we're not gonna bang those do- doors down and shit on your desk we're getting the fuck out of here just like king curtis and the white and wife swap i am leaving <laughs> yes Yes, they oh. they didn't do they they did it out in they right out loud. They were mm-hmm. like, "We're leaving." Whereas he, you know, tried to over, nefariously overturn results of an election. Yeah, did you see Pence's statement yesterday? He was just like very sort of just very like coolly just yes anybody who does this should not be president it's like bro shut up i know and people i'm are sorry like, Yawn. these are the harshest terms in which pence has criticized trump right, so right. far and i'm like oh. sure well, like, all right. So the big question now. Um, so today will be the arraignment. I mean, I think she could like demand that he be detained. I don't think that's likely today. She'll, you know, just given as we know, that would that would be bad for the country. There's like we've talked about this before. There's so much to weigh in terms of like we can get to, you know, the pros and cons of imprisoning him down the line. But in terms of whether he'll be like arrested and not let go um, tomorrow or today, that doesn't seem likely. But in terms of prison time, ultimately, if he's convicted. So Trump, with all of his indictments right now, has 78 total charges. He could theoretically face 641 years in prison. That's if he were convicted on all of them and given the maximum sentence. And this doesn't include the potential charges in Georgia that uh, for trying to falsely to falsify the election outcome there. So, of course, 641 years sounds sounds awesome. But none of these charges include a mandatory minimum. None of the charges that Trump is facing. But and as we've said before, like the judge is obligated to consider a lot of factors in her sentence, like the impact of jailing this person versus probation. It would be it will be hopefully an insane production to imprison a former president. Lots of lots of secret service, lots of protection if they if they want, I guess. <laughs> um, and other things that the judge might consider are the fact that Trump, this is crazy that like Trump's the first time offender. That's banana. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Of what? <laughs> Oh, what? Sorry, that's just really like Jesus Christ. I guess he is because he hasn't been convicted of anything yet. Oh my God. This country is fucked up. It's crazy. And also, she will consider whether or not he is repentant or willing to take responsibility. That, of course, if you've ever watched a crime show, does factor into your sentencing. Uh, That being said, I've read that Jack Smith's team is like aggressively pushing for prison time. They don't want this to be a like, oh, he's a president, so probation for the rest of his life, and hopefully we can keep him under control. As we just discussed, nobody in the history of this country has ever done something like this, and this man needs to go to prison. Can I say, in the Justin Trudeau of it all, um, there I have seen fan cams of how hot Jack Smith is. Really? I don't know if you have. I but- think he's... Oh, okay. So, I mean... Okay, go, it's Amanda. It's tricky say for it. me. I say already it. have a I, only because of his job. Like, if he had, if he, if he had a different, boring job where he wasn't like being this like badass against the former uh, seditious president, I don't think I would uh, find him find I'm him so- alluring. 
I'm sorry. He's giving a little Castro to me. He sorry. Is. Sorry. Sue he me. looks nice in his I mean, suit. don't sue me, Jack. <laughs> I like the facial hair, but yeah, I'm not, um, I'm not totally smitten with mm-hmm. Jack Smith, yeah. I guess I would mm-hmm. say. Though I didn't actually like watch him in action. Mm-hmm. Like, dev- like, I know he like announced the charges the other day. I was like already out of the house. So I haven't like actually... Like, I don't know if it's a Joe Manchin situation, maybe if I were to see him. I think, yeah, like like the Riz. It's the Riz. I do also think it's that he looks like Brendan Hunt, Coach Beard, and Ted Lasso. Okay, but, he, but Brendan Hunt. No. I would say this guy's hotter than Brendan Hunt. To Interesting. Me. Yes. Yeah, he's got like a nice grovelly voice. And just like he's also just like if you look at his background, he's he has prosecuted people at The Hague. Like this guy doesn't give a fuck. Like he he is really solid against this. And that that is a that. That adds to the Riz factor. Do you know if by pushing for prison time, they mm-hmm. mean like actually putting him in a facility or that he is actually under house arrest and has to like remain at Mar-a-Lago? Good question. There's I, I was just saying prison and probation, but I guess there's something in between, which would be like house arrest. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the thing that feels like if he's going to be technically imprisoned, that feels like what would happen just because it seems like, is there a facility right now that is able to accept a president? Like, what does that mean? I mean, we don't know. Like, what does it mean to put it? I, I think it would be great if they made him go to straight up jail, but I'm just like, is that even really on the table? Yeah. As a, they couldn't keep, I mean, Jeffrey Epstein probably killed himself, but it's like, it would be very hard to keep him safe. Not that I give a shit, but like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like Trump, Trump would get like all the good cigarettes and all the stuff like immediately. I think that the best case scenario plea deal, which would be great for all of America, is if he was on house arrest for the rest of his and, life. And can't ever tweet or and, like... Well, he well, I don't know if they can control that because X is lawless. Because he could try but, to be president from house arrest easier than prison. Sure, but you don't you have to like go to shit like yeah. campaign things, yeah. and don't so, you have to right. like be in Washington and all of that? So I feel like it will be harder to. I feel like if he, this is just like my thinking, but like if he is the nominee. Like it, it will be a tight race. And if Biden is pounding pavement and out there and yeah. Trump's like stuck in Mar-a-Lago, can't fucking leave, can't do shit. Like, I don't think that he would win again because I feel like it would be a tight race. Like it was a tight race in 2020. And that's with Trump having rallies that literally mm-hmm. killed Herman Cain. But <laughs> <laughs> like with uh, with the this election, like. If Trump can't do fucking rallies and any of that shit and has to be stuck at Mar-a-Lago, he, and he's not going to open his house up to fucking all his weirdo people for them to smear shit on his, on the walls of totally. Mar-a-Lago. But so this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking best case scenario, they should do house arrest. And I also think that it is pretty equal and he does, he does have his diehard supporters that are going to vote for him no matter what. But like you said, the, the race is going to be so close. And I think there is going to be at least a small amount of people who, I mean, I feel like if you ever consider voting for Trump, you don't count as a swing voter, but who might just be like, 
I I don't want a president who is um, detained. That is not good for the country. <laughs> if we're going to jail. war, like I, I am hoping because you know how like the last election was what a margin of like sixty thousand votes in three states because of how the electoral college votes. Like I I think there are probably at least sixty thousand people who know like better better to have even no much however much you hate Joe Biden better to have Sleepy Joe than a person who's literally who's literally detained. And so that's the question a lot of people are or asking. Or stay home. All the all the Republicans yeah, will yeah, stay home. Totally. Can he serve as president? If he is just convicted, he can definitely serve as president if he is found or pleads guilty to these crimes. There's nothing in the Constitution that stops an indicted or convicted person from serving. However, uh, noteworthy here, if he is convicted of felonies, he lives in Florida, which prohibits former felons from voting. I mean, they did. Its constituents did pass a law saying that former felons, uh, formerly incarcerated people should be able to vote. But uh, Ronda Santos fucking basically did some shady shit where it's, it's, you basically have to like get your, if, if you are a formerly incarcerated person and you want to start voting again, you have to go through a process that's basically impossible. So I just think that that's just like the party he supports would ban him from voting in Florida. I think it's kind of ironic that like, if this all goes down, like he can't be president because of some stupid shit his party did. like that would totally be- totally so whether he could actually win an election or fulfill the duties of the president's presidency from a prison cell as we've discussed uh nobody there's not an obvious answer but the big issue is that you know if he can't leave a place i think there are probably there are duties i believe that like it, it feels like he needs to be there does somebody just bring all the bills he needs to sign like it would practically be a very weird situation so it's interesting because I did, as we were talking, Google the rules of house arrest. <laughs> <laughs> and so, okay, if he's on house arrest while he's running, then I think he's in a really bad situation because you're only allowed to leave house arrest for like medical appointments. You can meet your lawyer. You can do some religious stuff. And then there's also an employment exemption to like go Mm. to your job like you can technically like work and come back so i wonder if he was to actually Mm. become president would he be allowed to like technically like go do president things exactly because that's his job that's all like part of the weird hypothetical of it where it's like, and then what does that mean? Does that mean he's allowed to like go live at the white house and basically do everything because all of it is his job? Right. If he's on house, Oh, so if he's on house arrest and he wins the presidency, I mean, I guess when you're put on house arrest, they're not like, you cannot leave this address. House arrest is wherever your house is. So I guess if he's like, my house is 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Then is he in house arrest in the white house? And then he's allowed to leave to go do president he certainly can't leave the country and then that's when it's gonna be but like he's already been this is such a doomsday scenario it's like he's already fucking like lies about (laughs) yeah i know exactly oh gosh that is you know people generally saying that's something that's untested certainly something we do not want to test we all know your hair and skin can sway your mood and impact your day in ways you can't underestimate. Sometimes what starts as a bad hair day quickly turns into a bad everything else day. I'd never found beauty products that really understood my needs, but ever since I switched to custom hair and skin routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Healthier hair and skin, yes 
but beyond that too. Since I started using Pros, I've noticed consistently healthy hair. Even with all I put it through with the heat tools and the hairsprays to get this pompadour sky high, it smells great, it looks fancy on the shelf, and I like that it has my name right on it. This formula is made for V. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. From millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely yours or mine. And Pros isn't just better for you. It's better for the planet. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool, which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription at pros.com slash feverdream. So get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash feverdream. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash feverdream. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. Whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of the things I like to buy on Etsy have little dachshunds on them or are four dachshunds. Dottie's got a whole litany of new sweaters and harnesses and all kinds of fun stuff that we get lots of compliments on when we're out on walks. A gifting moment is always just around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. We will get into women's rights and women's wrongs now. This has been a very tough week for Lizzo fans, uh, which is basically everybody. Three of Lizzo's former dancers have filed a lawsuit against her, her production company, and her dance captain. The former employees, two of whom have were let go from the recent tour and one resigned, they're alleging sexual, religious, and racial harassment, as well as disability discrimination, assault, and false imprisonment. So quite a litany. The dancers describe a work environment that was, quote, overtly sexual and made them uncomfortable. One outing described is to a strip club in Amsterdam, where a dancer said Lizzo kept urging her to touch a performer's breasts. And this is also where people claim that they were urged to catch dildos and eat bananas from performers' vaginas. This morning, I was wanted to get more information specifically on the bananas part. And uh, the website delish.com had covered it because I guess it was a food story. I mean, you know what? You find your beat. You find your beat. Listen, if, you listen, if you're listening and you do SEO at Delish, good job because you absolutely won a Lizzo Vagina Banana this morning. <laughs> These group outings to strip clubs, they just seem fairly frequent. And people were like, people were saying they were not technically mandatory, but, you know, people... They felt like if they didn't go, they were losing favor with Lizzo, their boss. There are also allegations of weight discrimination. Uh, one dancer said Lizzo told her that she seemed less bubbly and vivacious, which she took as a reference to weight gain, because I guess Lizzo had referenced that previously. As for the dance captain, her name is Shirlene Quigley. She's also accused of religious harassment. She's, I guess, a devout Christian who seemed to want everyone around her to be too and singled out non-believers. But also this super religious person also partook in overtly sexual behavior that made others uncomfortable. So this lawsuit was filed by three dancers. Uh, 
But there are also some former members of Lizzo's team who have spoken out to say that they had similar experiences and sort of confirming that kind of work environment. So we'll get to her statement uh, in a moment, but this was really hard to read for everybody. Yeah. You want to yeah. go first, Millie? We've been, <laughs> Millie and I have been off really? mic discussing this a lot because I think we both feel pretty torn. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm just personally like um there's just a lot here and it's just like requires a lot of nuance because on one end like yeah, you don't want the things that I've heard about the actual places they're going seem similar to like uh clubs that we have in New York like one of one of the most famous ones is called the box where it's like a little unorthodox performing and like it's a little out there and stuff like not necessary it's like more cabaret so like whatever but yeah i just feel like the the thing that's really like intentional by the legal team of the dancers is that they are i mean the legal team of the dancers um this guy, it, you know, his like beat, his whole thing, his specialty is like suing celebrities. And not to say that there's no weight, but like some of the crazier allegations were like against the dance captain. Like, yeah, I've seen videos of the dance captain and seen her Instagram and like she's a little crazy. She's a little like mm-hmm. she's she does, giving religious harassment. She's yeah. giving her like <laughs> religious harassment. And the thing is to like, Less bub like uh, the the most egregious thing that I feel like Lizzo actually did that actually was not great was the like in my research was the the things at the strip club, and I think it's just something where you know your boss shouldn't like on one end it's like yeah you know if you have a workouting like you're not required to go but it you know that's like part of the reality is like you have to make an appearance or whatever the other thing is like because they're on tour and like tours last a year or two years and you're traveling the world with people and you're like you're doing physical labor and you're you're experiencing all this stuff like it does feel like the lines between boss and friend and family and all that get blurred and i'm i just feel like yeah lizzo probably forgot that these people aren't her friends and that she has power over a situation and she can't do that like that was more my thing but Mm -hmm. some other things that i felt like um personally you know when people were also coming out and were like Oh, I worked with her and she seemed very arrogant or she seemed very like, that's not relevant. And also I'm just like, she's an international pop star. Like you cannot be an international pop star and be a fat black woman and not be arrogant. Like there, it's just not possible. Like you have to be up your own ass to, to do anything because people will are constantly talking shit about her and her body. So that's not relevant. So I feel like the most relevant and harming thing for actually Lizzo is the strip club thing, which I kind of am like, ah, like I can understand how it got there. That's it's not okay. And it's inappropriate. The dance captain stuff, like Lizzo is in charge of her staff and Mm -hmm. she should know and like not have that environment. But at the same time, like the thing about like the weight harassment and all of that, like, 
it's very blurry intentionally to get us to like, or to get the public opinion against Lizzo so she can settle quicker. Mm. Yeah, I have felt similarly torn. I feel like there are like three camps of allegations here. One is like legitimate workplace malfeasance that is documented and in these allegations that includes like the religious harassment from Quigley that includes there's an incident where one of the gals was fired for recording but that's actually like a dis like a uh, disability accommodation that mm-hmm. she has to like record notes because she like needs that for an anxiety disorder that she has and then I know there's allegations from the dancers that the production team made like racially coded statements and stuff to them and that the production team is all white and i'm just inclined to believe that that could be the case if they're saying that then i think there's another camp which is like the like weird banana related sexual (laughs) situations which i'm kind of falling in the place that Millie described, which is like, I think that Lizzo lost the thread of what her role as a boss versus a friend is. I think she was treating these outings like I'm out with my girls. Like, yeah, touch your boobs, do this. Da, da, da. And it's like, you can't do that because they are your employees. And I get even, it, well, I think we're going to talk about her statement in a minute, but in her yeah. statement, she's like, I'm a sexual person. And it's like, that's so great. But you actually are a boss. Nobody yeah. can be a sexual person at work. Like even if it's yeah. part of your brand. And I get it. Yeah. But yeah. it's like, there's that. And then the third camp that I just wanted to say is kind of like these vague hypocrisy allegations, which do feel less relevant to me. One of them being the weight shaming, which is like, It is hard to say that she's like, oh, you called me less bubbly or someone said that I was like, like they took it as a weight related comment, which like that it's just hard to say that lives in a great area to me. And it is hard to prove that doesn't mean it's not true. It's just that's hard to say. And then this world of like, she's arrogant, she's rude, she's this, which I do I think someone should be arrogant and rude? Not really. But do I think that the behavior is crazy for a pop star? Also, not really. Like I know of celebrities that my friends have had to work with who (sighs) are very difficult to work with and arrogant and rude. There's all these stories now people are talking because of all the Ariana Grande stuff. Like Mm. for years, Ariana Grande has abused employees at Disney land. And like, cause there's like a, there's a specific type of Disney staff that takes celebrities around when they're in the park. And I guess she has a history of being a piece of shit to them. It's, it's just kind of like, why would Lizzo have to be the one to go down for what kind of seems like run of the mill pop star behavior? Is it because people want to take her down because she is a fat black woman who's, Mm -hmm. who has stood for all of these things, but also was there a path to fame for Lizzo without her standing for all of these things? Like, it's not like Lizzo could have become who she is today and been like, I'm not going to address my weight or being a black woman or any of it. It's like that that's a role she took on, but it's also a role society put on her. It's like the thing people Mm -hmm. always talk about where it's like, you can just, and Millie talks about this all the time. Like you can just be existing 
Mm-hmm. And someone's like, brave. Yeah. Absolutely. Queen. <laughs> you're right. like, just post, like living your life. Yes. Yeah, a lot of her values were professed, but also a lot of them were just assumed based on her kind of like presentation and her statement, you know, in her statement, I'm going to say she didn't, she, she didn't really take responsibility for, for, for anything. Uh, she referred to the allegations as false and sensationalized and claimed that these employees were the ones who were warned about unprofessional behavior. I think we need more details about that. She's implied that the firings of these people were a result of underperformance. She also wrote, I am very open with my sexuality and expressing myself, but I cannot accept or allow people to use that openness to make me out to be something I am not. There's nothing I take more seriously than the respect we deserve as women in the world. She also denied the allegations of weight shaming. She did sort of suggest like, yeah, I have high standards and I'm going to not be apologetic about that. I mean, like you guys said, I think that there are some of these things that sound like serious legal issues, but most of it to me sounds like an HR disaster Mm -hmm. that should absolutely be addressed and is not acceptable. And this is not an acceptable workplace. Um, You, like you said, like, you can't in any job you kind of once you get high enough up you're like you know I actually can't go to that happy hour because I'm the boss and that's for them to like you know there's just or the happy sh- hour is like a dinner not yeah, a she, strip club and she, she she should have known better she should have known better that when your boss says uh eat a banana out of someone's vagina that is different than when somebody your bestie says it on a bachelor party when you have a whole crowd of people chanting for you to touch somebody's breast and you also know that this is a really intense environment where people get fired for underperformance and you think maybe if i can make sure i'm favorable to my boss in this scenario that's not good and she should and it might be it's illegal and she should she should have known that but i also you know think that Many, 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 many people before her have been given a pass for the same or worse behavior. And I think that she owes something to these former dancers and needs to figure something out. But yeah, it is a blurry line between what is an HR issue, what is a crime, what should be expected in this um, type of... Because yeah, there was, like everything I just said, that that behavior is unacceptable. But then, like you said, like people would be like, yeah, I can confirm this. She was really hard to work with. That is not a crime. That, no. that has nothing to do with any of this. It can probably color how you interpret um, other behavior. It sounds like she got really upset when... Uh, when like, I guess two of the dancers quit and then one resigned. And then it sounded like there was a really intense confrontation between that dancer and Lizzo where one of them felt physically threatened. And yeah, like, yeah none of that's fucking okay. It's, but it's like, who is Lizzo's HR director? I, I, I don't know how that works. Does the company have HR? Something serious happened that needs to be addressed and it really sucks. And it's not the first time we have, or will hear about a person whose professed values don't seem to match how they are leading. But like, First time managers, like it, it's hard. And like, I'm not saying like, I'm not belittling any of this, but yeah, I, 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 I hope I I'm curious about kind of like the future and more people that come forward to kind of confirm it. Cause I'm sort of seeing a lot of kind of like fights and comment sections about this between people who say like Lizzo is canceled and there's some compl- there's a bit of a complicated nature to some of this. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I guess I'm just like, I hear what you're saying and, and like not to dissent or anything, but it's also like dissent away, yeah, dissent. not to dissent her, <laughs> but it's also just like, it is an HR disaster, but, and there should be a level of professionalism, but 
it, I just don't think it's held to the same standard as an, as a nine to five office environment. Mm. I think by nature True. of like, because then if you start going there, it's like, well, the work outfits are not appropriate. You know what I mean? Because totally. it is a costume stage, you know, thing and it's music and it's dancing and it's twerking. So like, it is just an un, uh, you know, in untraditional work environment. So with that untraditional work environment, you do like, there are norms that are a little bit different, not totally. to say that like, um, you can't have any decorum or anything, but I think that's also something that people need to be reminded of is that it's, you know, it, it's not like your boss at your management firm. It's to, like, it's this woman who has wrote songs about, having sex and you're performing in lingerie on stage in front of hundreds of thousands of people. Like the, the line that's crossed is a little bit different. Um, and yeah, like another thing too, is that, you know, me and Lisa were discussing online is that these dancers were the ones from her Amazon yeah. prime, you know? So these are people who also don't have a lot of professional experience, which is good. You know, like Lizzo, it was a great show. I think it literally won an Emmy because it was giving all these different people an opportunity to perform that they wouldn't have got. But like when you're in the biz, you know, and that's why I feel a little bit like a jaded Gen Xer. Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> when you're in the biz, like there is a certain thing that you kind of like know for, you know, so totally. I just feel like half of these things too are like, if she was a male performer, we wouldn't even be fuck no one yeah, would discuss about totally. like she's rude or we all dread the what should we have for dinner question. I mean, I know I do. I love a home-cooked meal, but I don't always have the time, energy, or groceries to make it happen. Being able to feast on a delicious meal without the long prep and cook times is what drew me to Home Chef over the other guys. Home Chef's meals are effortless, so I can spend less time trying to be Top Chef and more time watching it. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week and serves a variety of dietary needs, so you never have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. For a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and a of course, free shipping on your first box. Just go to homechef.com slash fever dream. That's homechef.com slash fever dream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard that right. Homechef.com slash fever dream must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. 
Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. For our final segment today, we are joined by Claire Watkins, a staff writer for Just Women Sports who has been covering the Women's World Cup. Lots to cover and talk about. Thanks for joining us, Claire. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. So lots going on here. Uh, what what would you say is kind of the storyline right now for the U.S. team at the Women's World Cup? Because it seems to be a bit fraught. Yeah, I think one of the interesting things when a team is underperforming or seen to be underperforming is that the analysis actually gets trickier, right? Mm. Because we're not in camp. We don't always know exactly what's going wrong. We just kind of have to respond to what we see on the field. Um, I would say internally from the U.S., survive in advance, right? It's Mm -hmm. not always look super pretty. They've been pretty defensively sound. They feel like they have a game plan that can win any game that they play. I think in the larger level, it's who is this team right now? This doesn't look like the team from 2019. Looks a little bit closer to the team that got bronze in 2021. But yeah, just sort of like, what is this identity of this U.S. team? Because I'm not sure we've seen it yet. Yeah. What factors do you think or are people saying might be contributing to this underperformance or perception of underperformance? You know, how much of it are real tactical issues in the games, which I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of people referring to the coaching and how much of it owes to the fact that other teams around the world are getting better? It's both. Yeah. It's this is actually I think I hope that U.S. fans can kind of see the forest for the trees yeah. and and just see that this is awesome. What we've seen so far, we've seen upsets like crazy uh, Brazil out Germany out Canada, out like the U.S. making it to the round of 16 is actually sort of an anomaly in the fact that they didn't play particularly well and they still advanced out of their group. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that is the bigger story, the bigger story of not only is the gap getting shorter between the U.S. and maybe other quote unquote top footballing countries, but just with resources and I think advancements even just in coaching level for some of the nations that have struggled in the past everyone is better. No game is guaranteed. Mm -hmm. Um, But then in addition to that, there's like the eyes test, right? Which I think what U.S. fans want is, of course, they want to win the World Cup. But they also, this is a stage to show off what your country can do, right? What your country can do in the sport of soccer. And Mm -hmm. even if the U.S. does advance out of this weekend, I think that fans feel like we haven't seen that yet from them. And I think that that is the issue that we're talking about, the tactical, the very conservative tactical approach, players not playing to the best of their ability, and also just kind of maybe a roster that's a little bit more lopsided than we thought. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How is the how is the roster kind of proving to be more lopsided than maybe anticipated? I think you can see it. Um, people might be familiar with how uh, Julie Ertz has, yeah. she's won two World Cups, right? She's won one as a center back and she's won one as a midfielder. When she returned to the team earlier this year, people expected her to move back into that midfield role. Kind of unexpectedly, the first time she started as a center back for the U.S. in 2023 was the first game of the World Cup. Mm -hmm. And everyone went a little bit like, oh, so maybe there's less faith in this Alana Cook, Naomi Gurma center back duo than we thought. And Vladko Andonovsky, who's the head coach of the U.S., has stuck with that. He made an adjustment right away. He hasn't really been using his bench very much, which Mm -hmm. indicates that maybe he doesn't trust them to change the game um, because we've seen very, very uh, static lineups. And so I think... Those elements of, of the roster, just due to injuries and maybe some decisions made over the last three years of development, mm-hmm. that the bench isn't being utilized and we're seeing players get pulled into positions that they don't normally play because perhaps the coach feels like he doesn't have somebody else who can play there. Mm-hmm. What is one of the drawbacks of like the bench not being utilized is that players are just like too gassed by the end? Yeah. 
100%. A World Cup is brutal. They're playing a game every five days. You're not really supposed to do that in right. soccer. That's why That's why this only happens so often. It's, it's too short. And so if, yeah, if you're not utilizing the bench, it's like two issues, right? Where the starters are set. And that isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world. We saw England win the Euros last year with a very, very set starting 11. But if you're not taking players off at 60 minutes, if you're not taking players off at 75 minutes, the the weight of their legs starts to get very, very mm-hmm. heavy. And I think what we saw against that Portugal game where the U.S. tied 0-0 at the end of the group stage was as much about tired minds and tired legs as yeah. it was just the tactical issues. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, I always love watching the U.S. team in the World Cup, and I've had to kind of remind myself that just because this might be, they might not be on the path that we'd hope, this World Cup is still really exciting on a global scale. What else is kind of has been really fun for you uh, to watch? I think it is that um, the rise of, again, I'm like putting this in air quotes because perception mm-hmm. versus reality totally. is always the same, but the sort of those mid-level teams. Um, one of the best games I saw all tournament was Colombia upsetting Germany. That game was fantastic. Or South Africa making it out of the group stage. Jamaica making it out of the group stage. Um, Morocco making it out of the group stage. All of these, we know we've seen a debutante make it through to the knockout rounds. And it's fascinating too because there were concerns mostly – fairly from the Western world, that there were going to be issues with expanding the Women's World Cup. This is the largest World Cup field we've ever seen. So we've seen new teams get these opportunities and they're showing up and they're competing. And so for me, I think the biggest thing, if if the U.S., you know, nobody in, the, in America wants this, but if they don't yeah. make it past this weekend, there are so many teams to root for that are so exciting. And I think that that has to be the larger takeaway. Mm-hmm. Can you tell our audience if they don't know who Marta is and why? that player is just so incredible and there's a lot of attention on them right now. Yeah, of course. Um, Marta. Oh gosh, I could go for a very long time. So Marta has been playing in world cup since 2003. She plays for Brazil. Um, She also actually has played in the United States for a number of years. She's, she plays, she plays for the Orlando pride. So Marta, this is maybe a good place to start, which is that if you're learning about Marta now Mm -hmm. and you want to see her play and you live in the U S she's going to be playing in the U S for the rest of the year. Um, That's where she plays. That's awesome. But she, I think most American fans met Marta for the first time in, in, in reality in 2007 um, when Brazil thumped the United States in the semifinals of the 2000 World Cup four to nothing. I think people remember that as like the Hope Solo Brianna Scurry game. Yeah. But what it really was was the Marta game. And she is a creative, she was a creative, had creative flair that was never really seen before. She was fast. She was quick on the ball. Her feet were magnificent. And you can also see it in her longevity, right? She Mm -hmm. played in World Cups from 2003 to 2023. And what happens a lot of times when soccer players get a little bit older is they start going back on the field. So you start as a forward because you have that explosivity, you have those quick feet, you have the ability to defeat beat defenders. And then you kind of sit back further to become a playmaker. And Marta has been able to do both. Um, I would say that when I speak to young soccer players in the US and abroad, and you say, who was your idol growing Mm up? It's Marta. That's so cool. And I think she, I think she made a statement about that, right? Like she was like, I had nobody. So the fact that they said that and my favorite, she also, I tell this to anyone that will listen, she has the most goals in a world cup, men or women, right? Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's badass. I mean, you mentioned she plays for the U S if you, if people 
find themselves, you know, really taken by this tournament and want to be more involved with women's soccer. What are some other exciting developments? I know that like Angel City is a really exciting team and Bay FC is uh, is coming up, which is really cool. What are some other interesting developments that people should be following? Yeah. If you live in the U.S. and you're stoked on women's soccer, I always just say there's the NWSL is expanding. It's getting bigger every single year. Um, right now there are 12 teams. Next year there are going to be 14. They're hoping for 16 in, uh, in 2025. So Look for the look for a local market. And what I say to people is I think there's a concept of soccer in the United States as being it is an emerging sport. I mean, frankly, it is right, especially on the men's side. But some of the best players in the world play here. Half of the Brazilian women's national team plays here. Wow. Um, 99% of the U.S. women's national team plays here. We have teams in the middle of the country. We have a team in Louisville. <laughs> One of the really? golden boot leaders plays in Louisville, Kentucky. It's incredible. And so I always recommend people, if you're in the United States and you want to see more of this, try to catch a game live. They're mm-hmm. cheap. They're, you know, they're easily accessible. Try to catch a game live. You can also um, watch on uh, Viacom owns the TV rights right now. So you can watch sometimes on CBS, sometimes on Paramount+. Plus. Um and then, yeah, I think it's it's that. It's just getting involved locally. I always recommend that. And mm-hmm. I think that there's a wide availability to do that, especially in the U.S., which is really exciting. Yeah. I know people, including our listeners, are really hype on this tournament and uh, the Women's College Basketball Tournament have been really big moments this year. What else is Just Women's Sports going to be uh, re- covering really, uh, really on top of for the rest of 2023? Yeah, once once the World Cup is over, it's all Taking NWSL. A nap, but I know. Okay. Oh my gosh! Yeah, like <laughs> sleeping for four days straight, and yeah. then yeah, um, I'm yeah, I'm excited for some friendlier Getting time off zones. Australia time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think once once the World Cup is over, it's full straight ahead for WNBA and NWSL playoffs. So WNBA, the Las Vegas Aces, right now are having like an unprecedented uh, successful season. They are only the second team in WNBA history to have the current record that they have. They've only lost twice. Um, so watching them, they got the New York super team in the WNBA. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some really cool. Yeah. It's they're playing like what tonight or tomorrow. It's going to be fantastic. But, um, so the playoffs and then NWSL playoffs as well. So I think that one of the cool things, especially about NWSL playoffs is it kind of marries this American idea mm-hmm. of knockout rounds. We love knockout rounds. We love a championship final, but also combining it with the sport of soccer, which is really cool. Yeah. I find, I mean, sports are always the most fun when they're the most competitive. So it's really fun to see that happening more uh, with the women that are playing. Thanks so much for joining us. This was awesome. Yeah, of course. Thanks, you guys. Perfect. That is our show. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaris. And this is the Betches Sub Podcast. Bye. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sousmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at SUPPod at Betches.com. Betches.